Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you're with. We are so very glad that you are here with us this Father's Day weekend. Do want to wish all of you dads out there a very, very happy Father's Day. Hope that you're showered with all the love and the blessings and the presence that you deserve. Well, uh, you know, we often take uh, the celebration of Father's Day or Mother's Day and we turn it into uh, added weight of expectations on what we ought to be and what we ought to be doing. And we kind of put a standard out there that none of us can meet. And so it ends up kind of souring our whole... It's kind of like this quote from Matthew's Gospel. Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with these words. He says, Be perfect, therefore as your heavenly father is perfect. Well, there you go, dads. Uh, just be perfect as a father the way your heavenly father is. Uh, no pressure there at all. Well, I want to assure you, uh, this isn't one of those heap more expectations on you messages. In fact, it's just the opposite. Uh, the goal of this message is to help you feel more equipped uh, to be the dad that you want to be and that God is inviting you to become in fact, the Greek tense of that word, be perfect, is uh, be in the process of becoming. And so really, it just means uh, orienting the right direction, taking a few good steps uh, that way. Uh, you know, um, it really, it's an invitation to uh, experience in a new way uh, the perfect fatherhood that God has towards us, towards his people. And, uh, you know, it's an invitation to experience more of God's loving care so that we can replicate that, kind of give away what we have. Uh, you know, Jesus marveled uh, that people didn't uh, seem to uh, be aware of the great care and concern that our Heavenly Father has for us. In fact, much of his teaching was meant to display uh, the kind of love, uh, the particularity that God has for his people. In fact, uh, Jesus said he has the hairs on your head numbered. He is so involved is he with the details uh, of our lives. In fact, everything Jesus did on this earth, he did out of his relationship with his heavenly father. He said, uh, I do the works I see my father doing. The son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. He said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work and uh, in fact, before Jesus embarked uh, on his earthly ministry, he heard from heaven a voice that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the idea is that everything Jesus did was grounded in the foundation of his experience with his heavenly father. Now, here's the truly remarkable things is everything that Jesus enjoyed with his heavenly dad, he gave to us. It really was the reason he went to the cross is so that his father could become our father and we too uh, could learn to live uh, out of our own experience of God's fatherhood. In fact, uh, the title of this message is called Becoming Powerful Dads, uh, like your heavenly father is towards you. Becoming a dad who's uh, full of resource and capability uh, for uh, loving children, the, the people who depend on him well. In fact, the subtitle uh, really quotes that verse in Malachi that says, God will turn the hearts of fathers toward their children. 
And an amazing thing happens uh, when that takes place is uh, fathers create a capacity in their children to know and experience God. That's a miracle, uh, but it's exactly what God wants to bring about in our lives. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if your desire is to become that kind of capable, equipped dad to your kids or to, to anyone uh, who depends on you, and this would really have application for anyone who wants to influence others in a healthy way, but particularly dads, you need to know the deck is kind of stacked against us as fathers in today's world. In fact, here are some of the ways dads are depicted uh, in our culture. Uh, the inept dad, not quite capable of doing anything well. The disinterested dad, you know, so caught up in his own hobbies and activities, he has no room or no real awareness of the needs of those who depend on him. The addicted dad, you know, it kind of speaks for itself, uh, so absorbed and caught in uh, their own appetites that uh, they kind of leave a trail of destruction in their path. Uh, the absentee dad, uh, simply unavailable, uh, too caught up again in his own interests and pursuits. And the emotionally incapable dad, you know, this is the dad who's afraid uh, of any kind of feeling that goes beyond hunger. And, uh, well, I want to say to all of those caricatures of dads that God has something quite different in mind. In fact, God wants to equip you to become a powerful dad with your tool belt full of uh, resources and uh, what you need uh, to love those people in your life well. I love the word uh, empowered. It actually means to make someone stronger and more confident. And I, I fully believe if you'll tune in uh, to what God says to us through this message today, uh, you will feel uh, stronger and more confident in being a father to those who look to you. You know, powerful dads come in all shapes and sizes. Some are really good at fixing things. Others are like me who tend to avoid that side of life. Uh, some are touchy-feely and others have two emotions, hunger and, well, I'll let you imagine what the other one is. But here are two things that all powerful dads have in common. They are, as powerful dads, they are a source of blessing and protection to their families, regardless of what the packaging looks like. God wants to empower dads to be a source of blessing and protection to their families. You know, uh, that comes with some good news and some bad news. Uh, here's the good news. The good news is your impact on your family is huge. You can't hardly measure the impact that a dad has on his household and on his family. Now, that's the good news. The bad news is your impact on your family is huge. <laughs> we both know, and we all know that's a double-edged sword, and that influence can be either good or destructive. And, uh, you know, I would ask, ask you, Dad, so what would you like yours to be? Would you like your impact uh, on your household, on your family, on those who look to you? Anyone who's in a position of influence, would you like that to be positive? Or would you uh, allow that uh, to be destructive? Well, uh, we're going to look today at uh, an amazing letter. It's uh, the Apostle Paul's letter to his friends in Ephesus. And uh, this is really what some people call the queen of the epistles. Uh, in it, 
uh, Paul has incredible truth that comes to him by way of revelation. Uh, God opened up to his awareness what it means to be in Christ. In fact, uh, the letter is kind of broken up into two main sections. Uh, chapters 1 through 3 uh, really open up in uh, unprecedented ways. Uh, the riches of being in Christ, someone who has put your hope in the message of the cross that Jesus Christ died for sinners to restore us to our Heavenly Father. In fact, uh, Paul will say in those chapters, uh, as followers of Christ, we have been blessed with uh, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Try to think about that for a bit, that every resource, uh, every capability available to God, he has poured into our lives simply because of our response to Jesus Christ. And uh, Paul, in that context, uh, prays an incredible prayer. He says, I ask that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened and so that you may know the hope to which God has called you that you would become aware of the riches of his glorious inheritance available to his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And that's really the goal of this message, is that God would use these words to help all you dads, but any of us become more aware of the incredible power that is at work in us who believe. And uh, Paul then, in chapters 4 through 6, it begins to turn his attention to what does that look like in real life if uh, we're people who have been reconnected to our Creator, to our Heavenly Father. We've been blessed with every blessing in the heavenly realms. We have an incredible hope, the riches of our inheritance and this power, the same power that lifted Jesus from the dead is at work in us. And Paul begins to bring that down to earth and uh, describes what a powerful dad looks like. Uh, here it is. Uh, Paul would say, first of all, powerful dads are learning how to handle their anger. Uh, hear that again. Uh, right where Paul goes after he, he gives this glorious description of what it means to be in Christ, he begins to talk about some very practical things. One of them is that powerful dads are learning how to handle and what to do with the things that make them mad. Uh, here's what, what he writes. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. You know, uh, Paul addresses uh, what happens in our lives when we mismanage our anger, when we don't know what to do with the things that annoy us, that tick us off, that enrage us. And uh, here are just some of the ways that we men uh, often express and mismanage our anger. Number one, we have habitual anger. It's just part of us. This often comes uh, from being raised, as I was, in an angry household. It becomes our outlook on life. Uh, number two, passive anger. Uh, this is uh, quiet, stewing, suppressed. Uh, nobody would know what's going on uh, on the inside because we cover it up with a slick veneer, uh, but it's like a time bomb ready to go off. Number three, overwhelmed anger. It just seems like life happens too quickly. We get bombarded with one anxiety and worry and care and concern and setback after another, and there's just this cumulative effect of being overwhelmed. And uh, fourthly, self-directed anger. Uh, this is anger turned inward. 
it's often sourced in shame, wrong thinking, a feeling about not being good enough for the people in our lives, not being good enough for God. Well, here's the truth. None of these are effective ways of dealing with our anger. And all of them, according to the Apostle Paul, give room for the devil to come in and destroy our lives, our families, our relationships. And uh, the invitation is that God is able to help us manage our anger in better ways to actually use it to provoke us forward, uh, closer to him and more into alignment with his goodwill in our lives. And I want to invite you, if just touching on this topic has made you realize that you got a lot of this anger in you, talk to someone, preferably talk to someone who has faith in Christ. In fact, I would invite you to talk to me. Here's my email address. I would love to hear from you. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, kind of following in this thought, uh, you recognize this superhero? Uh, this is a guy named Thor, and uh, he has some uh, interesting powers. Uh, one of them is he has the ability to manipulate the weather, mostly thunder and lightning. He, he summons lightning through his hands. He creates galactic storms, hurricanes, and floods. Well, uh, here's a surprising message to you dads. Do you know that you have that same ability? You can create storms, <laughs> thunder, and lightning within your own environment. And uh, powerful dads uh, are learning how to be climate changers, that they can set the environments their families uh, can either live in or be destroyed by. I uh, hear that again, dads. Uh, powerful dads are learning how to be climate changers. They realize that they set the environments uh, that their families will either thrive in or be destroyed by. Here's how Paul invites us uh, into that realm. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Instead, be kind. There's a novel thought. And be compassionate towards the one and others in your life, forgiving others just as in Christ. God forgave you. If we need a little more dimension added to it, Paul goes on. He says, uh, once you were darkness before you had faith in Christ, but now you are light in the Lord. And so live as children of the light for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And uh, again, novel thought, find out what pleases God. Uh, be filled with his spirit, uh, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit. In fact, uh, as long as you're going down that road, he says, sing and make music from your heart to God, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, here's the truth. Uh, dads, uh, you have this amazing supernatural ability to set the mood in your home, in your family. And uh, we can either make that one where people thrive or we can make it one where people experience our own heaviness. You know, uh, I can think of times when I've done both. I've been that source of joy and optimism in my home. Remember, I used to uh, play songs on my guitar. The kids would run around the living room. Some of them were songs of faith. Others were just goofy, fun songs. But uh, I was introducing a sense of joy and optimism and well-being into our home, regardless 
of our external circumstance. I also remember times when I literally pulled my family down because of my own heaviness of spirit. Love this statement uh, from the Gottman Institute. Uh, they've observed uh, thousands and thousands of couples and families. They've made this observation. Uh, relationships flourish in a rich environment of positivity. Uh, relationships do well in an environment where there's positivity and optimism. And, uh, you know, we've all experienced, like I said, the other side of that. I was thinking of this uh, great holiday movie called It's a Wonderful Life. And it depicts a father who wasn't doing so well, who was going through a season where circumstances were difficult. And he allowed that to pull him into a, a downward spiral of depression as the movie unfolds. Uh, he pulls everyone who depends on him along with him. Uh, his spouse, his family, his kids, they all suffer under the cloud of his heaviness. And, uh, you know, uh, here's the truth. Uh, I can relate to that. And, uh, but the more important thing is uh, Jesus can relate, especially to dads who are going through uh, times like that. In fact, the Bible says of Jesus, he was a man acquainted with sorrows. Uh, we see depictions of this uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane as he's wrestling with the reality of the cross. Uh, he expressed to God, my soul is deeply troubled and overcome with sorrow. Uh, he feels our pain when we're carrying the weight of heaviness through life uh, on the cross, uh, he expressed from the depths of his soul, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so when we get in those places where we feel that way, we know that uh, he invites us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And uh, all of that to say powerful dads understand the value and they are learning how to set a positive, optimistic, a trusting in God's faithfulness outlook in their homes. Uh, Paul goes on, uh, he would make this point for us, powerful dads are learning how to use their words to create life. They, they realize uh, that the things that come out of their mouths make a profound difference uh, in their homes. And again, on those who lean on them, uh, Paul says it like this, do not let any unwholesome, the word actually means rotten, stinky, words uh, come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful. There's a novel thought. Uh, only what is helpful for building people up according to their needs, which requires a certain amount of sensitivity and awareness that it may benefit those who listen. You know, most of us realize that words can be a destructive force, but do we realize that words can be life-giving to those who are desperate for a little encouragement, uh, words spoken to our children. You know, we referenced uh, even Jesus heard from his heavenly father, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, what would those words sound like from you dads uh, to your kids? Maybe it would be things like, I believe in you. You are capable. You are an amazing daughter. I'm so glad you're my son. Uh, you know, I was thinking, uh, one of, my, one of my sons went through a, a very difficult time in his life a few years ago, and uh, we were vacationing together. At one point of disclosure, uh, he said something to me that sounded like this. He said, Dad, I won't lie. I'm going through a, I'm not doing well right now. I'm going through a really dark time. And uh, as he shared, 
uh, kind of the anguish in his own heart, I said something to him that sounded like this. I said, look, uh, you're going through the death of a vision. You're coping with a lot of disappointment right now. And uh, I want you to know uh, we are with you in this. We're going to walk with you through this. We're going to watch God do something to fill up that void in your life. And uh, after I said that to him, there were instantly uh, tears that welled up in his eyes, both he and his wife, and there were hugs, <laughs> there were affirmations made. Uh, but uh, I realized after that, what if I hadn't said those words? What if the words didn't come out and I just uh, heard about his anguish? And uh, the point I'm making is our words matter, and there are words that need to be spoken. In fact, uh, Proverbs 18:21 reminds us that the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it who learn to love uh, speaking a right word at the right time in the right way those who love it will eat its fruit it will fill your own heart your home uh, with abundance and powerful dads know that and they're learning uh, how to use their words to create life uh, paul goes on he would make this point powerful dads are learning to really love their wives uh, they're learning to love that person they've committed themselves to. Uh, here's how Paul speaks to that. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church, gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. There's the power of words to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless now this uh, in this same way dads husbands are you listening in this same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies you know uh we can love in theory and say we uh are people who love god but paul puts the rubber on the road and says uh love that person that you've dedicated yourself yourself to powerful dads learn that one of the greatest gifts they can give their children is to love their mother. Uh, Paul goes on, uh, he would say this, powerful dads learn how to encourage their kids. The powerful dads, they learn how to, key word, encourage their kids uh, to embolden them, uh, to give them a th source of strength and power to do life with. Uh, here's how Paul says that. He says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. You know, that word exasperate actually means to enrage, to provoke, uh, to move them to anger. It's kind of like this picture. You know, uh, that, that kid's not doing well in that moment. And uh, it's easy to think uh, that the way to handle little people is to try to control them, uh, to muscle them around, force them to do what they don't want to do. And uh, Paul invites uh, powerful dads uh, to learn uh, how to encourage their kids rather than exasperating them. Uh, Paul goes on. He says, powerful dads uh, learn how to fight for their lives. This is as he's kind of coming to the close of where the rubber meets the road. How do you live out this being blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies? Well, one of the ways you do it is you learn how to fight for the quality of your life. Here's what Paul says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Well, how do we do that? Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand 
against the devil's schemes for our struggle. It's not against people. And again, novel thought. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That sounds ominous. It sounds dark. It is. And that's why uh, when we don't learn how to fight for our lives, we often uh, suffer as a result. Uh, therefore, Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything uh, to be found standing or to remain and uh, kind of almost as a postscript, Paul says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Well, uh, postscript number two, uh, Paul adds to that. And uh, you could say it like this. Powerful dads have learned how to use the Bible as a resource, as one of the main tools in their shed. Uh, powerful dads have learned how to use the Bible. Uh, this is how Paul says it. He says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Uh, you know, uh, it's unfortunate that so many people don't know what to do with the Bible. Uh, some people know the Bible from cover to cover and still don't know how to use it in their lives. Uh, really, Jesus taught us the Bible should bring us into communion with him. It should lead us uh, to uh, sift through the secrets of our own hearts, to take the log out of our own eyes so that we can be beneficial to others and powerful dads have learned that the Bible is an incredible tool. In fact, uh, dads, I would give you this. Here's your free Father's Day gift for me. Uh, there's a version of the Bible called the U version. It's absolutely free. It's online. You can just search for the app in your app store. And uh, there are so many resources associated with this uh, app that I would just encourage you dads, uh, get into God's word and let him help you, begin to empower you to be the kind of father you would like to be. Well, in summary, uh, powerful dads uh, are learning how to deal with their anger. They're learning that they can set the climate in their homes, in their lives. Uh, they're learning that their words are powerful, can create life or take it away. They're learning how to love those closest to them. And if they're married, beginning with their spouse, they're learning how to encourage rather than exasperate their kids. They're learning how to fight for the well-being of their own lives so that they can give away uh, life to others. And uh, maybe uh, as we've gone through Paul's teachings, you're thinking, hey, I thought you told us this wasn't going to be a message that put more ex expectations on us. I'm feeling kind of weighted down, feeling like I fail in a number of those areas. Well, I would say to you, welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, those are uh, those are descriptions of the kind of perfection that our heavenly Father uh, has within His fatherhood of us, and uh, He's inviting us not to do them all perfectly, but just to let uh, ourselves begin to orient around those expressions of our faith. In fact, uh, I would close with this thought: uh, Powerful dads have learned this truth: uh, how to live with their weakness. You might even put in there how to live well with their weakness because powerful dads realize uh, this significant truth that the Apostle Paul shared. Uh, my grace, says God, is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Uh, Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. I come up short so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. And uh, I want to invite you to share a prayer with me. Uh, Father, thank you. Uh, for the inclination of your heart uh, towards people. Uh, thank you, Jesus, that you died so that we could be restored to our Heavenly Father. We could have a wonderful experience of his fathering us, uh, that he would do uh, all of these things that we've uh, given dimension to. Uh, he would treat us this way. He would speak words of life to us. He creates environments for us to thrive in. Uh, he gives himself for us so that we can flourish he fights for the quality of our lives. Uh, God, may we be inspired, especially you dads. Uh, maybe you're uh, struggling one of these areas. Uh, maybe you're not processing your anger well. Uh, maybe your sadness and heaviness is pulling others uh, down around you. Uh, maybe your relationships are not where you'd like them to be. Uh, I would encourage you, uh, let that, instead of pushing you away from God, let it draw you to him. Uh, acknowledge your weakness to him. Thank him uh, that his strength floods into people who turn their weakness to him and open up to his influence. Uh, God, we just thank you that we have a perfectly perfect heavenly father uh, this weekend. Uh, may we be inspired by the way you father us. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.